Presented by We Ship Floors and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here to help you get started on your next summer home improvement project, whether it's inside or out. Give us a call right now. We'd love to lend a hand. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. And speaking of summer, as it gets warmer, do you know your lawn needs a lot more water to stay green? But that also leads to a lot of wasted water. We're going to give you some tips, though, to help cut those water costs without losing your chance at a luscious lawn in the process. And speaking of lawns, you know, weeds might not be the only thing that takes away from you having a beautiful yard. So Roger Cook from TV's This Old House is here with advice on how to deal with problem patches and common yard killers. Plus, are you ready to take the plunge and buy your very first home? It's a very exciting time, but it's also very intimidating. We're going to help you be prepared, though. We've got five tips for first-time buyers to make sure you're good to go. Just ahead. Yeah, listen, those tips apply to second-time home buyers too. I feel like I'm too <laughs> nervous to ever take the plunge, so I'm going to be heeding our own advice at some point if I ever get the courage. <laughs> but first, guys, we're here to lend a hand, so let us know what you are working on this summer season. Weather is certainly gorgeous out. Everybody's enjoying, finally, a summertime. So let us know what we can do to help you enjoy your money pit thoroughly. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Tanya in North Carolina is on the line with a door question. Tell us what's going on. You've got some rot in the framework. The threshold at the bottom is coming up. I guess it's rotten under there. It's got to be taken out. And then about a foot up on each side of that frame, um, it's, it's rotted out. So do I have to take out the whole frame and put a new one in, or can I just cut that off and replace that at the bottom? Okay, so Tanya, I think you're talking about, when you say frame, I think you're talking about the door sill and the door jam. Is that correct? Not the frame of the wall. Yeah, whatever the door fits in. Okay, so that's the door sill and the door jams. And the best way to replace the door is to cut the entire door out, including the sill and the jams all the way around and then install a pre-hung exterior door. So, you know, down in North Carolina, for example, you can go to a Lowe's and buy a benchmark door by Thermatru. Mm -hmm. Good quality fiberglass door, all pre-hung, pretty easy and straightforward to install that, and you won't have to worry about it rotting out because it's fiberglass. Oh, okay. You don't try to repair the jam or the sill that are heavily rotted like that. You just tear them out. Uh, the easy way to do that, by the way, is to remove the trim off of all sides, and a contractor would use a reciprocating saw to basically cut the nails between the trim and the frame of the house, uh-huh. and that door will pop out in like five minutes. Okay. I mean, it's really easy to get it out just with uh, the right tools. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Alan in Tennessee has got a driveway that's cracking up. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got uh, I've got a house about five years old, and uh, the driveway is you start getting some cracks in it, and uh, I just was looking for uh, the best way to you know patch them and uh, keep it from spreading. Um, for the past probably three years, every spring I put uh, pressure wash the driveway and put sealer on it. Um, but you know, other than that, that's about all 
ever done to the drive. Okay, and, and what's it look like now in terms of the condition? Does it have a lot of cracks in it? It's not a lot, but you know, it, it's uh, it, you know, it's got a few uh, that um, run, and you know, some of them have started spider webbing out. Okay, so here's the thing: you want to try to maintain these so they don't get a lot worse. Quickcrete has a a caulk like product that's designed to fill cracks in concrete driveways. And it's right. a good idea to use a product like that because you know it's going to adhere and expand and contract with the driveway. The goal here is to try to keep a lot of water from getting in there because as the water gets in, it will expand and then it will crack. As it freezes, it will expand and crack. And then, of course, it's a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, and that's how it, it really starts to break down and break apart the driveway. So as those cracks start to show themselves and open up, it's not unusual, so don't panic. It's pretty much normal wear and tear with concrete, but it's also a good idea to seal them using the products that are designed just for that. Okay, so the Quickcrete is probably the best way to go. Yeah, it's called the Quickcrete Concrete Repair. It's a it's a sanded acrylic latex caulk, and it's designed specifically for crack repair. Comes in two different tube sizes, either a ten ounce tube or a five and a half ounce tube. Uh, not expensive, easy to apply, gives you really good adhesion, and it's going to stand up to the weather, and most importantly, keep the water from getting into those cracks. Excellent. Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with whatever it is you are working on on this gorgeous summer weekend. It's the first official weekend of summer, so I can now really call it summer and be totally honest about that. Let us help you. We want you to enjoy your home. We want you to have a relaxing summer. So let us know how we can help you achieve that. Give us a call anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And just ahead, do you want a green lawn but don't want to waste all that water it takes to make it green? We're going to have some tips on how you can cut that lawn watering bill down to size when the Money Pit returns after this. The Money Pit is presented by Rumblestone. Create a paver patio or walkway, garden retaining wall, grill enclosure, fire pit, or even an outdoor kitchen with Rumblestone from Pavestone. For project ideas and how-to videos, visit pavestone.com. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The 
Money Pit is presented by Supercore. Sold exclusively by WeShipFloors.com. Supercore is waterproof, click lock, rigid core flooring, impact resistant flooring with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Order your free samples today at WeShipFloors.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for a similar project, and then get matched with top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments online. That's all for free at HomeAdvisor.com. All right, now we've got Daniel in California on the line who needs some help with a travertine floor. When did you put it down, Daniel? Oh, I guess it's been about a week now. Okay, and there's nothing on it? Well, um, n- no. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, there was nothing on it, but yeah, I, actually I put, I, put a, I put a sealer um, on it uh, just like, like Sunday after it had uh, been in installed like four days. Okay. And did your installer give you a sealer to use, suggest a sealer to use? No, my installer didn't. You didn't. So where did you, what sealer did you select? How did you find it? Um, I got it at the, at the home improvement store. Okay. And so it sounds like you did the right things. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful floor. It's uh, a little bit absorbent. Uh, so you are going to need to seal it from time to time. But what's your question? Well, my question is, well, one, after I, I put the sealer on, then I, you know, I did some reading and I found out that there's some that are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's probably ranked like the third and I like the best. Is there a problem okay. with like buying the better one and putting it on top of it or? Uh. Uh, potentially. I would save that for the next trip. See, this is already soaked into your floor. And, and travertine so- is so porous. I mean, yeah. the first thing you put on it, like that's in there. Just drinks it right up. So I would wait until the next time it's uh, until it's time to to apply this again and, and choose a different product that time. But I would definitely not put a, you know a, a second coat on top of this with a different product because you're you don't know what kind of chemical reaction you're gonna you're gonna create there. How are they gonna react to one another? Yep. It, it could be bad news. Not worth it. I just enjoy the floor. Okay, great. Um, can I ask you like a little follow up question? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, um, also I was reading, they were saying that um, mats with rubber um, bottoms are bad mm-hmm. for, is that true? Well, it's for not bad for marble, it's bad for vinyl. Yeah, if you have a vinyl floor and you put down like a kitchen mat or a bath mat and, you know, it doesn't move and it stays in its spot, the, the backing on the mat has some sort of weird chemical reaction with the floor and causes a discoloration. I mean, we get calls... A lot for people being like, I've got this weird stain that's the same as my bath mat. How it can will, I get it, it out? It will come up. Yeah, right. Because it oxidizes the rubber against the vinyl. But I don't know that there's a problem putting that against marble. I've never heard that. Yeah, no, I've never heard that. Okay, great then. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome, Daniel. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. I'll tell you what, he's uh, treating it at the right time. There's no, mm-hmm. never a better time to treat it than when it's brand new. Right at the beginning, because if, if you wait and it gets even slightly dirty, you may never be able to get that stain out, and then you're going to seal on that stain. So it's like, just do it right away. Well, if you love a thick green lawn, but you'd like to get that without wasting a ton of water, when, where, and how much water you use on that lawn can mean the difference between that lush lawn and an empty wallet. Yeah, but you know, cutting water costs without giving up that green lawn that you really love 
can be easier than you think, and it just takes a few steps. First of all, you have to water your lawn early in the day to prevent evaporation. If you water that lawn at night, you're leaving the lawn wet overnight, and that grass could develop a fungus only because there's no chance for that water to go anywhere. It just sort of sits and saturates that ground, and it's not going to do any good for anybody. Also, you have to make sure that you adjust your sprinkler heads to avoid wasting water by having it directed away. You have to get it away from your driveway, your sidewalks. Water things that can actually grow. Concrete is never going to grow. I promise you this. I see that all the time. (laughs) It's amazing. You know what does grow when you water your concrete? Your water bill. (laughs) It's true. And we see it all the time. Folks are watering the street. They're watering the concrete. They're watering the steps. The steps are getting all moldy and green and mossy because of all of that misdirected water. And the bills just keep on going. So take a look at those sprinkler lines and make sure that you are not among them. You also want to make sure you use timers on your sprinklers, and that's going to limit the water usage to only what's needed two or three times a week is better than daily, which can actually overwater your grass. You know, a good rule of thumb is to make sure your lawn receives about an inch of water per week. So that's a good way to make sure you're not giving it too much, but just the right amount to keep it green. There's also smart timers that are available today that can connect with your Wi-Fi system and with the weather reports and then only water based on rainfall. So take a look at that option as well. Be smart about how you water and we will make sure that that water bill stays in check while the lawn continues to get nice and lush and green. Now we've got Pat in Hawaii on the line with a roofing question, calling to make us jealous, I am sure. Welcome, Pat. So what we have is a house where the interior temperature is during the day is maybe 83 to 85 Okay. Um, and so it has a roof that um, has the rolled asphalt, and we'd like to put on this application, and they're available like at places like Home Depot. There's two different price points. You can apply it three different ways and so forth, but people have told us that live in that same area as this house that they have reduced the heat in their house by 20-plus percent by doing this reflective thing on the roof. And now our question is, How do we prep the roof? Do we sweep off any rocks with asphalt? What is the prep? It's pretty forgiving. You want to get rid of the loose stuff and, of course, um, any moss or anything like that that's growing on it. But what you're talking about is fibrous aluminum paint, and it's a UV reflectant paint. And it does make the roof a lot cooler, and that can actually make your house cooler. It's a very common application, not only in tropics like Hawaii, but even places uh, on the East Coast. I mean, I've seen it on roofs in Washington, D.C. Definitely a good thing to do. Okay, and so it, also my husband's question was, that, and so does your roof last longer with that on there? Yeah, theoretically it will, because if you reflect the UV, um, you'll have less deterioration of the oils in the asphalt, less evaporation of that, and that can make the roof last longer. Another good reason to do it. Okay. And any specific on application, whichever one works out best for you, is that what they're saying? Well, I don't have any specific recommendations on a product, but on the concept, I think it's solid. That's wonderful. That's a great idea. I think you answered my question. Thank you very much. All right, Pat. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Fonda in South Dakota, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? We are demolishing our old deck that leads to an old patio at the ground level. And um, the old patio has two substrates. You lead down to a plank patio. It's like wood, a two by sixes, I think, which is an awful shape. It's probably 30 feet by 30 feet. And then it butts up to a pretty substantial cement pad that's 20 feet by 20 feet. And we know we're going to demo the wood pad, but 
it's the question is, what do we put in? Do we have to top up the old cement pad, which is in great shape because it's so substantial, or can we put in another cement pad next to it for the new patio? Can you go over the old cement with something and stamp it or make it just... And then the other problem is it's, it's square, and I would like the new patio at the ground level to be rounder and curvier. One idea that I have straight off is to go over the old patio with brick pavers. And if the patio is flat and strong and solid, there's no reason you can't put pavers on top of that. And so you could basically create a do almost a patio makeover by preserving the concrete and putting brick pavers right over the concrete. They're all going to assemble together. You won't see them when they're done. Now, you mentioned changing the shape. That, of course, is a little more complicated because you're going to have to build up to the edges. Part of the patio would be uh, over concrete, and part of the patio would be over uh, traditional built-up stone, if that's possible. But if you want to avoid changing the shape, then it becomes a very easy project to do it with brick pavers. And of course, you have lots and lots and lots of choices on shapes and colors and all of that that you you could go with. And on the side that's not cement, what's under the brick pavers? On the side that's not cement, what's under the brick pavers is this. First of all, you dig out, obviously, all the grass and that sort of thing. Then you put down um, about four to six inches of uh, gray gravel. You tamp that down really, really, really well. Then on top of that, you lay some sand, get that nice and flat. On top of that, you put the brick pavers, and then you put additional sand in between. But tamping and properly preparing that ground and tamping that stone really well is critical because if you don't, it gets all roly-poly over the years and weeds start to grow up through it. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome, Fonda. Good luck with that project just in time for summer. 888-666-3974. Charlie in Tennessee is on the line and looking to do some renovating at his money pit. How can we help you today? I have a small kitchen that I'm trying to knock out the wall to increase space uh, uh, to make my kitchen and my dining room one big room. Uh, My dilemma is the fact that I don't know whether the wall that I'm knocking down is a low-bearing wall or not. Well, step away from the project and don't knock it down just yet. Um, okay, well, first of all, what kind of house do you have, Charlie? Is it a ranch? Is it a colonial? Describe it to us. It's um, it's a wood frame home. Okay, one story or two? One story. And the roof peaks in the middle, goes up from the front, goes up from the back, peaks in the middle? Kind of, it's L-shaped. Okay. And where the, where the wall would be would be pretty much right where the two meet. Yeah, so you're in the middle there. You're not quite sure. And the dining room and the kitchen are side by side. Is it um, is it aligned front to back on the house, or is it aligned end to end, so to speak? Uh, it's, it would be, that, that wall would be parallel for uh, the front to back. So it's aligned front to back. Okay. I would say that, that in most cases, that is a bearing wall. That it doesn't mean you're dead in the water. It just means it's a little more complicated for you to open this up. Because if it's a bearing wall, you have to support the structure while it's disassembled, and then you have to put a new beam in to carry that load in the new open plan design. It's not something that you would do yourself. It's not like, I don't want you to like, hey, I've never done home improvement, but today I'm thinking about tearing on a bearing wall. Bad idea, okay? So you need right. to know what you're doing or get some people to help you to know what you're doing or hire a pro and get a building permit. And basically the way it works is temporary walls are built on either side of the bearing wall, and this holds up the structure that they're supposed to be holding. Then the bearing wall is taken apart. 
um, the bearing wall is reconstructed, but now you would use a girder, and it could be a wood girder, it could be a metal girder, it could be a combination wood and metal girder that goes the whole span. It could be a girder that um, sits below the ceiling, or it could be a girder that's actually flush with the ceiling, so when it's all done, it's, it's invisible. But one way or the other, you'll need this beam to carry the load above that. And then once it's all put it back together, you know, you're really not going to know that it's there. But you just got to do it right so that you don't damage your house in the process, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Charlie. Good luck with that project. Now put the saw down, okay? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, from fungal diseases to phyto, your lawn is up against a lot. Coming up, landscaping contractor Roger Cook from TV's Thistled House is stopping by to help you overcome it all so that you can have the lawn of your dreams. That and more when the Money Pit continues. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. Use the HomeAdvisor True Cost Guide to see what others paid for a similar project. It's all for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Now we're heading over to Tennessee where Daniel is dealing with carpenter bees and, of course, those lovely, perfectly round board holes that they love to make all over your wood house. What's going on? Oh, well, I've got these carpenter bees that keep, like, drilling holes into my fascia board right there underneath my roof. And 
I filled them in and I've repainted and they keep coming back. I don't know if there's maybe something I can do to prevent that or something I can use to paint it with. Yeah, a couple of things you can do. First of all, in, in terms of stopping the bees from coming back, you would have to have the carpenter bees professionally treated with a proper insecticide that will uh, basically exterminate what's there. Now, even if you did do that, though, they may come back the next season. The surefire way to make sure they don't come back is to replace your wood trim with something that's not wood. I had this exact problem on a garage on our property, and I simply replaced the wood trim with Azek, A-Z-E-K. And there are other brands of well, but, as well, but basically it's uh, a cellular PVC material that looks like wood, cuts like wood, but the carpenter bees can't eat it. In fact, it was very humorous to me because after I replaced the fascia with Azac, the bees kept circling it, but they couldn't figure out why it didn't taste like wood. <laughs> so, like, this looks like wood. I don't understand. Yeah, that, that would actually be absolutely worth doing just to see them circle. And- <laughs> <laughs> In frustration, yeah. All right, hope that helps you out. Well, weeds aren't the only thing standing between you and the lush lawn of your dreams. Well, that's right. Once your turf is established, you got to watch out for pests, fungal disease, and even phyto. If you've got a mysterious brown spot or a dry patch plaguing your grass, here to tell us how to get to the bottom of it is Roger Cook, the landscaping contractor for this old house. Welcome, Roger. Thanks for having me. So let's start by talking about one of the most common causes of lawn problems, the four-legged kind. How do we address the dog damage? Well, unless you're going to chase your dog around the yard with a hose, it's really not much you can do except try to train him to go in one area. It's hard. You know, the dog's going to go where he's going to go. Right, but that's kind of a special type of damage, right? The acidity from dogs and that sort of thing? Right, and it's going to leave a dead circle in the ground. Sometimes it's real lush on the edges where it wasn't as strong, but it actually fertilized the lawn. But what you have to do is stay on top of it. I usually put a little compost down, rake it in, and reseed the area because after one rainstorm, the salts have leached out and you can reseed again. There's other problems that are going to pop up that'll cause bad spots in your lawn, and one of the biggest ones are the white grubs. Grubs, okay. Yeah, how do you know you've got them? You'll know. There'll be a patch that of grass that'll just die. Sometimes you'll get birds down picking at it like crows, or you'll get a raccoon that'll come in and a skunk and peel it back and eat the grubs. Oh. And don't you have more mole problems when you have grubs? You do. They eat them too. But the biggest giveaway is if you take that grass and pull on it, it's going to peel up like a rug. Because really? The, yep. The grubs eat the roots off the bottom of the grass. So what's the solution? The solution is to treat the grubs when they're most vulnerable. Usually that's late summer and into the fall when they're small. If you try to treat them early in the season, they're pretty big and pretty strong, and they won't be controlled easily. Okay. Now, what about cinch bugs? We see a lot of those in some parts of the country. Uh, it all depends. You know, the great thing about this country is we all have our own pests. We have, we've all got our own bugs. <laughs> so that's a pest of St. Augustine lawns, where it actually pierces the blade and sucks on it and makes it turn brown. There's a lot of treatments. I like to do extra soil prep, extra watering before you turn and look at an insecticide. But in some cases, you do have to use an insecticide. How would you tell if your lawn, say, had a fungus? I imagine, you know, you're dealing with a very moist situation on the most part for your lawn that generally would lead to a fungus. Right. In some of them, it's very easy to look at the stem and it turns brown. In some cases, there's a fungus called red thread disease where the blade actually turns red and you can notice it. And again, it's from too much water and not drying out or fertilizing less. And those are all physical things you can do before you take in turn to spraying for the fungicide. I think it's interesting that every single one of these conditions is telling us something about our lawn. Something is happening that's in excess, like excess water, 
we're not getting enough water, we're getting too much shade, we're not getting enough shade. I mean, there's always some results of these. Well, I guess the, the, the disease is the result, but it's actually leading back to a solution that has to do with lawn health. Right. And that's why I'm always talking about when you put a lawn in, do the proper preparation mm-hmm. ahead of time because it'll pay off in the lawn run. Now, it's interesting. I've seen, you know, because I have a dog, so I end up walking around the block quite often. I've seen almost a striped look on a lawn. That's usually sort of at the beginning of the season. Yeah. What the heck is that about? We call it amateur damage. That's when <laughs> someone goes out, particularly with a drop spreader, mm-hmm. yes. and fertilizes the lawn. And, you know, they don't quite overlap enough, so you get those nice four to six inch strips of yellow, bright green, yellow, bright green, all the way through the lawn. <laughs> if you're going to use a drop spreader, what I tell people to do is set it, at half of what the normal rate is, go one direction and then turn and go exactly 90 degrees to it. You use the same amount, but you're going to eliminate 99% of those stripes. We're talking to Roger Cook, the landscaping contractor on TV's This Old House. So, Roger, what if we don't have enough grass? What if instead of grass we're getting, say, moss? Moss is telling you that it's probably too shady there for grass to grow. And what we do is then we switch to ground covers. You can't fight Mother Nature. Shade is going to get worse every year as trees and shrubs get bigger and bigger. So you're better off transitioning into a natural ground cover that will tolerate those conditions. What would be a good ground cover that kind of is similar to to grass in terms of its appearance? Some of the sedges will work really well for you. I like things like vinca. Vinca? Um, Mm, Vinca miner is really pretty. Yeah, and some of the ferns will fill in and just give you garden. Work with Mother Nature. You keep seeding and putting fertilizer down. The grass doesn't grow. She's trying to tell you something. Yeah, I don't want the grass here. It's not going to (laughs) work. But you put down ferns and vinca and stuff like that, she'll love it. And they'll grow in and fill in, and you won't have to cut them either. Roger, what if the lawn is just really in such bad shape that you want to call it quits and start over? Can you do that? You can, absolutely. And we use a like the 45% rule. Once it gets bad to 45%, you're not going to spend any more money overseeding or anything like mm-hmm. that. So usually what we do is we come in and instead of spraying with an herbicide, we like to use a sod cutter and we take and cut off the top two inches. So that removes all the grass, all the roots, and all the weeds at one time. Then we rototill. We add compost, we rototill again, and we determine whether the sand needs whether the soil needs some sand mixed in or some more compost. Mm-hmm. And then once we get a good four to six inch and even eight inch layer of good soil, then you can either sod or seed. So those are like the icing on the cake. If you don't spend the money on the cake, it doesn't matter how good the icing <laughs> is on top. Good advice. Roger Cook from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure. All right, catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House on the Money Pit is presented by the Sense Home Energy Monitor, the single best way we've found to reduce electricity cost. Sense helps you understand what your home's appliances, lights, and devices have to say. See what's up, know what's on. See Sense in action at GetSense.com. That's GetSense.com. The Money Pit is presented by Bonine. Looking for an all-natural, effective insect control product for use on vegetables, flowers, trees, and shrubs? Get Bonide's Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. Bonide, made in America and available at a retailer near you. Or visit Bonide.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. presented by HomeAdvisor.com. 
Never worry about overpaying for a job. Use the HomeAdvisor True Cost Guide to see what others paid for a similar project. It's all for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Betty in California needs some help with a toilet question. What can we do for you today? I'm interested in uh, the high-rise toilet, and I'd like the pros and cons and possibly a brand because our plumber's thinking of using Kohler, the quick flush, and we're on well water, and that's it. Well, there's really no there's really no uh, no cons of using a, a comfort height toilet, which is what that's caused, called, not a high-rise, but comfort height. They're a bit higher than a standard toilet. Uh, and in terms of brands, one that I can recommend is called American Champion 4, I've got uh, American Champion uh, comfort height toilets in, in our house, and really doesn't matter what age you are, they're just easier to use. And the other benefit is that they use very little water and they don't clog. So I would take a look at the American Standard Champion 4 toilets and just get the accessible size and you'll be good to go. All right, Patty, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've decided that apartment life is no longer for you and you're ready to make the leap to buying your own home, there are a few things that you can get started on now that will make the entire home buying process a lot easier. Yeah, and the first one is to boost your credit score. Now, most of the major credit agencies are going to provide you with your report one time a year for free. So you want to review the report, make sure there are no errors. You know, the first time I looked at a credit report, I was like blown away with how far back it went. And how many details were in there? I could absolutely see opportunities for errors. So check for errors. Try to pay off any debts. And in the meantime, avoid purchasing big ticket items and don't apply for any new credit. That was advice I didn't get when I bought my first house. It was actually a condo. And um, I actually, back uh, when we bought it, I was on a waiting list. And so I tried to buy it, but then I couldn't buy it because there wasn't one available. So I bought a car instead. <laughs> you, you just wanted to buy something. You know that condo you wanted? Well, now you can buy it. I'm like, oh, man. So now I didn't qualify. But luckily, my wife and I were engaged, so we bought it together. And she helped me qualify. She's still helping me qualify. She helps you qualify <laughs> a lot, Tom. I'm just saying. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I got to say, she might be my favorite Kreitler. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's I would agree kind of you. the best. Um, but that's true. You really have to be so careful about what you're doing because every single thing affects your credit report. It's just amazing. Now, next, you guys, start looking for the right real estate agent. A good agent can make all the difference for your first-time home buying experience. You know, the town that I live in is sort of... It's very closed off and you have to, if you want to buy in this town, you better have a good real estate agent who works within this town, who knows what's coming up and when it's coming up. Because sometimes that little bit of inside information is the difference between you getting the property and you completely missing out and not even knowing it existed. So the right agent is huge. Make sure they're local to the town you like. Make sure you just have a good rapport with them. And then work on getting pre-approved for financing. Now, there's two good reasons for that step. First of all, you've got to know what you can really afford, what you qualify for, and what kind of loan you want. And once you have that approval in your hand, you suddenly become a much better prospect for those potential home sellers who potentially have multiple offers for that same house. Some of them are very similar. And if you have all your ducks in a row and you look like a great buyer, you will be that great buyer. And you are going to be excited about buying that house, but don't be too excited until you get it checked out by a professional home inspector, because that's the guy that's going to make sure you're not buying a real life money pit. I was that guy for about 20 years. And believe me, 
I cannot tell you the number of times that uh, what we found in the house was very, very surprising, even shocking to the people that thought it was just a really perfect place for them until they figured out they were going to need twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars to fix it. So you want to make sure you get a good home inspection. But you know what? That home inspector is a great tool for you as a buyer. It can be a negotiating tool. It can help you really determine how and what you can afford to put in that house. So totally get a home inspector and go with one that you select, right, Tom? Not one that the realtor or somebody who's selling like suggests. Oh, absolutely. And you can go to the website for the American Society of Home Inspectors. It's homeinspector.org. Those guys are the best in the country. Put in your zip code. They'll give you a list. Call them, interview them, ask lots of questions to somebody you're comfortable with but get a good home inspection. It's key to making sure you don't buy into a real-life money pit. When we come back, we're going to tackle a home problem that many of you have and not a lot of you love. I'm talking about popcorn ceilings. They're easier to remove sometimes than you think. So stick around. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, where you can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online, all for free. You can post your question to moneypit.com, which is what Jeff did. Here's a question, Leslie, about popcorn ceilings. Popcorn is something you should enjoy with a good movie, but not on your ceilings. Popcorn has no place in home decor as far as we're concerned. Oh, my God. People, it's so funny. It's just people hate them. They absolutely hate them. So I'm very curious. Do you know why builders put popcorn ceilings on? So that they can hide imperfections. They hit all sorts of imperfections. That's right. You know, the ceiling where you have ceiling lights the lights cast uh, across the ceiling sort of sideways and it had the tendency to, to highlight every little imperfection, which would cost them a lot of callbacks because people would say their drywall was finished poorly. They could see the tape seams, the nail pops. They're like, we'll fix that. We'll just cover it with all this textured stuff called popcorn. And that's exactly what they did. But now, decades later, we get call after call after call about people just want to remove it. And it's not a pretty job. It does take a lot of hassling. It's true. And I mean, I think it really depends on how it's applied. Sometimes the popcorn ceiling truly is a foam ball mixed into a compound that's then applied. If that's the case, that's the easiest way to remove it. That generally you just need to add some moisture and then use a wide paint scraper to really carefully and smoothly remove it from the ceiling. And sometimes it's more of a technique applied with actual stucco. And that really requires a lot of work to get that one off. Well, that's kind of what Jeff is asking. He wants to know what's the best way to go about smoothing a painted popcorn ceiling. He says scraping it's too hard, so he wants to skim coat it. But you cannot skim coat over all of that popcorn. Oh, that would be like the thickest layer of skim coat. Yeah. It'd be a heavy coat. You have to wet it down. And you know what, Leslie? I have found that there are a couple of tools on the market today that are sort of like long-handled scrapers and some that you can actually hook up to like a shop back. Oh, that's interesting. So you could kind of suck up the debris as you're scraping it off the ceiling. So it's getting a little bit easier. But the thing is, even when you get all of that material off of the ceiling, it's still going to be fairly rough underneath. You're still going to have that uneven surface. So if you don't want to put a textured paint back, and why would you? What you might want to do is make sure you use 
flat ceiling paint. Never use any kind of paint that has any sheen whatsoever because the more sheen, the worse that ceiling is going to look when it gets a little light cast on it sort of at an angle. You'll start seeing those imperfections. So you need to get it off there. You need to go ahead and paint it with a flat paint. And if the ceiling is really bad when you get it all off, what you could do also is just cover it with another layer of drywall. For that second layer, you could use very thin drywall. That's about three-eighths of an inch thick. And that goes up pretty easily, and you'll just have the seams to deal with uh, after that. But those are the two ways to really deal with that ceiling, Jeff. You can't spackle over it. It's just not going to work. And then, Jeff, you might find that fixing those seams on that new drywall might make you want to put a textured ceiling on. <laughs> just don't. Don't hide your imperfections. All right. Lewis in Florida writes, I had new 6 by 6 posts installed to support my porch roof overhang. Now there's vertical splits on one post. Should I drive in screws to minimize that splitting? That's an interesting idea, but there's no way that a screw or a bolt's going to stop a post from splitting. It's got a mind of its own. You know, cracks in wood supports like that, Lewis, are pretty typical, and they're also expected. So the only thing that I might do is to seal those cracks with like a silicone sealer, a silicone caulk, or even a latex caulk. Depends on how that post is finished, because this way you'll prevent some of the water from getting in there and perhaps slow it down as time goes on. But enjoy that new patio. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on this very first weekend of summer. We hope we've been able to give you some ideas on how to get started on your summer home improvement projects, solve some of those DIY dilemmas. All summer long, you can reach us at 188MoneyPit, or you can post your questions online to the Money Pit's website at moneypit.com. For now, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money Pit!